Hi, everybody. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And this is Coffee and Capes, a podcast where we two enthusiasts talk about two of our favorite things, drinking coffee and geek culture. It's true. We do. Every week. Every week. We've been so consistent. I'm proud of us. I know. It's so good. So good. <laughs> Break your arm, patting yourself on yeah, the back. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And we're so grateful that uh, you have found us in whatever yeah. manner you have whether that's uh, through the podcast uh, venue, maybe on YouTube, hi, uh, or any of the other ways. John, let the people know the other ways they can find us besides the one they're on right now. Yeah, so uh, like Dave said, if, you've, if you're watching us, you found us on YouTube. If, uh, if you're listening to us, you probably found us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, any of your podcast listening options. Um, you can also interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. I feel like we're on Instagram a lot. Um, we are. And probably the most active in terms of responding to people. We try to get around to Facebook too. And then uh, you can send us emails at supers, S-U-P-E-R-S, at coffeeandcapes.com. And then uh, you can go to our website, coffee, the letter N, the word capes.com. Uh, it's not live yet. We just have a landing page up, but it's got a fun little countdown there and some links that you can click on to find us in places and sign up for uh, information about when Coffee and Capes Coffee is going to launch. We're probably about a month out from that. Thanks for to everybody who's reached out and you know been excited and been asking when the coffee is available. You know, we've sent out a couple mugs to some people um, just to say thanks. So if you'd like a mug, drop us a line somewhere. Uh, we're happy to send you a mug. They're pretty cool. And um, yeah. They are pretty cool. If you're on Facebook, uh, or on Facebook, if you're on the YouTube. Uh, yeah, you can one see Dave's. Right That's now. the signature cup. It, yep. It's got the logo on it. And then on the back, it says Heroically Great Coffee. Heroically. We have some other ones, though, too. We've got like a travel mug that's really cool. Uh, Nicole over at Ladybird Provisions uh, grabbed one. She got it yesterday. She really liked it. Sent a picture. It's so nice. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at, guys. That's how you found us. Awesome. We're glad you're here. Along for the ride. We're gonna have some fun today. Like we tell oh, your we, friends. We to every yes. <laughs> tell your enemies. I mean, tell your yeah. arch enemies. Yeah. Tell your favorite comic book shop. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So Dave, but we are about coffee as well. So what are you we drinking are. today? I am enjoying from Lavazza. I don't know if Ooh. I'm saying that right, but the uh, Italian uh, coffee company there. Um, it's their organic four planet blend. It's uh, mild and fruity. And it's, it is, it's a little mild, but it's still tasty and uh, it's doing the job this morning. So thank you, Lavazza. Nice. I've and got the, said uh... this brand, this, uh, this one is, I'm not sure exactly how, but it, on the bag, it says managing climate change, which obviously is a thing we need to do. So I appreciate the coffee company doing their best to be good citizens as well. Nice. Um, I am drinking a Starbucks, one of their their uh, fancy roasts, the Hawaiian Kona blend, which is really good. Uh, Kona beans are some of the top that you can get anywhere. They're really phenomenal. They tend to be a little bit more expensive, but the the taste is just 
amazing. This one's super smooth, has a really nice, like kind of citrusy taste to it a little bit, I want to okay. say, but also has a nice smooth, like kind of chocolate finish to it. Really good coffee. I'm enjoying it a lot. The bag is now empty. And so I am a little heartbroken this morning <laughs> and I'm going to try and milk this for all I can. Mm. And I'm out of Lady for Provision coffee bombs. I got to pick some up before we hit the road. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Do not be out of those. I think I used up my last one uh, the other day as well. Yeah, we're going to get some more. Man. Yep. We're going to get some more. We're hooked. We're addicted. <laughs> Indeed. Sweet. Well, let us know what you're drinking. What kind of coffee are you drinking today? And uh, let's go into our next segment, our uh, most recently devised segment, but it's been going for a few episodes now. And that is what we call fan fiction, where we uh, interact with one of the ways you've interacted with us. Yeah. What do you got for us today for fan fiction, John? Uh, so, you know, last week we it was uh, Valentine's Day. And um, we spent last week kind of talking about power couples and, and comics. Everybody did. If you listen to any of the other um, podcasts out there, you know, shout out to a lot of those guys as well. Um, but, you know, we, we posted up a picture of Thanos and uh, Death, which is his one true love. And my buddy Adam uh, made a really good point on this one. And it, and it made me chuckle because it made me realize uh, comic book uh sometimes are accurate in terms of how we are in real life and he said uh the whole infinity war situation was started just to try and impress her and it's true it's it's a hundred percent accurate and that was a really great crossover um in infinity war but it also you know kind of harkens back to like some of the other stories you hear you know if you think back to helen of troy right <laughs> that that one kind of that whole war yeah the, the trojan horse everybody uh you know right the face so, that launched a thousand launched a thousand ships something like that launched a thousand ships yeah man so um yeah thanks adam for for the comment and uh you know for always supporting us really appreciate it buddy and uh thanks to everybody else for listening um you know it's it's super appreciated we really do appreciate the support and Absolutely. just so you know uh, Dave, I didn't tell you this. We made it into the feed spot um, top 80 comic book podcast. Wow. Yeah, which was pretty cool. So thanks, feed spot, for letting us know that we made your your list. We are really that was pretty cool to find out. Um, Very cool. Yeah. I didn't know that many people listened to us. I'll be honest. I thought like it was just the same 10 people over and over <laughs> yeah. and over again, of which I am one. I listen to our right? podcast to Absolutely. see like how how goofy we sound. Yeah. Um man, it's hard to listen to yourself. It's a challenge for sure. It's something it you really gotta get is. used to. Yeah. 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 I, I've I've been experiencing that for you know 25 years or whatever now. So yeah, it's... you you've done it for way longer. I started listening yeah. to our podcast in the car and like, going to get coffee and stuff, and and I'm like. That's what I sound like. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> no wonder I'm annoying. Well, I mean, at least you have that nice baritone voice. I've got the I've got the kind of whiny one, so I'm sure people <laughs> much much appreciate it when uh, when I shut up and let you talk. Oh, you the, I got it. The dulcet tones of John Z. <laughs> the dulcet I probably just put everybody to sleep. <laughs> and today, just grab a comic, some coffee, sit back. Close your eyes. Yeah, we're definitely, I'm putting people to sleep. It's not good. Um, all right. 
enough of that nonsense. ASMR with coffee and tea. <laughs> ASMR. Is that the thing? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's something. It's some some combination of letters that makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't actually stand for something. Right. I don't, I have no idea. I don't. Why are really... we down this rabbit hole? Let's stop. Let's stop digging ourselves down this rabbit. While hole. we're in a rabbit <laughs> hole, though, have you watched Yellowstone? And can we talk about Kevin Costner really quick again? No, and no. Damn it. <laughs> I'm just here to suck all the joy out of your your experience today, Ray. Ray, it's a comic book podcast, That's Ray. Right. Comics, right. Ray. I'm, I'm going to make it a mission. We're going to work Kevin Costner into every episode at some point. I think we missed two or three. We, we missed one, yeah, while, but yeah. Bring him on. Okay. Kevin Costner, if, if you're listening, if you're listening, you'd listening. like to be a guest. <laughs> <laughs> it's your lifelong dream to be a guest on Coffee and Cakes. That's podcast. right. My first question for you is, when did you know it was time to give up on the British accent on uh, Robin Hood? Aw. Even Christian Slater managed to pull off a, a British accent in that movie. Did he, though? Did he? I mean, as much as the Jack Nicholson sound alike of the 90s can do it, he still <laughs> gave it a shot. He did. We are so far afield right now. Let's reel it back in. All right, let's reel it back in. Let's Because we have some fun stuff we want to talk about today. We do. If you're looking at our backgrounds and you're watching me try and fight my way out of my grandpa's sweater. Oh, old man sweater. My old man sweater. I love Good that night. old man sweater, man. It's so comfortable. All right. If you're looking at our backgrounds, though, Dave, what are we talking about today? We are talking about comic book events. Events, events. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Tractors, tractors, comic books. <laughs> there you go. That's the next podcast we start. Tractors and comic books. Yeah. Tractor pulls. You're going to have to find a different host for that. Go host. Oh, man. I've really got to drink less coffee. You really do. So, no, we're talking about comic events because it's a whole thing. It's a staple now of the comic book yeah, industry. All the time. Seems like almost every year. In fact, I'd say multiple times a year yeah. we get we get crossovers now. Um, but, it, you know, one of the things I will say, I, I think before we dive into kind of, you know, some of the, the likes and dislikes, because we've talked about this topic specifically a number of times. Um, it is, I think one of the gifts that we've been given through crossovers is more continuity in the storytelling of the comic book individual themselves because if you remember back to i mean when i first started reading comic books most comic books were like one-shot stories right right so you had like one issue that had magneto facing off against the x-men they defeated him in that one issue or he ran away and then that was it right so you you crammed a whole bunch of like stuff into one and then the next one moved on and did and focused on something else right now it's maybe it's not continuity that i'm talking about but it's more like a more of a storytelling elongated storytelling there you go more elongated storytelling yeah um that that stories take place over two or three or four or often six issues right uh, and of course you know there's a there's a business reason for that 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 sure. most of the trade the smart collect, the collections in um uh, graphic novels in trade paperback graphic novels collect six issues so 
you know, there's a, there's an incentive to make, to make storylines last about six issues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. And you know, the other thing it does is it, it gets you coming back to buy next week. If you're a collector, sure. right. I mean, yeah. I went in, I, I was at uh graham cracker comics here. Right. Um, shout out to Daniel, by the way, at graham cracker comics in California. Hey buddy. Like, thanks for all your suggestions. We'll miss coming into your store. Um, but, it, you know, I went in there and was looking at the death of Doctor Strange and looking at the new Defender series and just, you know, scooped up all of them um, because there, there's, you know, that story continuity that right. is wanna, drawn out across. Story. Yeah. yeah, you can read the whole thing and you don't want to miss, you know, it's it, it draws you in. So right. that makes sense. And I think that stemmed from the success of week over week over week buying in you know from things like well your background dave secret wars yeah so i i'm going to start with secret wars as an event i think it's the the first like overarching comic book event that i was aware of it's the first one i can think of yeah um i don't think i it registered to me as an event i just knew it was a uh special limited mini series yeah. And it was going to be 12 it was going to be 12 issues. And it was so cool. It was so cool. And Cuz you got uh, all of your favorite heroes. Yeah, exactly. That and to me that's that's kind of part of part of what makes an event event is that it it spans if not the entire like Marvel DC universe the entire um you know comic universe in the, in that publisher at least a good portion of it. Yeah. It's more than just it's more than just, you know, Marvel team up where Spider-Man and Daredevil happen to be at the same place at the same time. Right. It's a, all of your favorites or at least a lot of them. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at if you look at the little, you know, price tag panel in the upper, you yeah. know, whatever corner of your of your background, in the upper left hand corner, you know, you you see all the characters that were involved in it. You've got She-Hulk in there. You've yeah. got Thor, you know, Reed Richards thing you've got spider-man iron man and then you got wolverine and storm yeah. i mean that in and of itself right indicates that this is a it is clearly tying a lot of major books and characters together and um really like went a long way to establish the how successful something like that would could be so much so that you know they i don't remember how soon on the heels of secret war secret wars 2 was with like the Beyonder. Uh-huh. With Beyonder coming to Earth. I, I remember that one as well. I'm not sure. I want to say it was a year later, maybe. I can't remember how yeah, long the I don't gap know for was sure. between. But and that's to me the downside. Like I I can remember maybe two panels of Secret Wars 2. And that was Ooh. when when Beyonder came to so in Secret Wars 2, Beyonder comes to Earth. Yeah. And uh and he he meets up with Spider-Man and he's trying to understand how to be human. And he's hungry and Spider-Man figures out that he's hungry. He's like, you know, I've got this pain in my stomach. All right, you need to eat. It's like, well, now I've got another pain in my stomach. And Spider-Man figures out, well, it means he's got to go to the bathroom. He's got poop. <laughs> yeah, he's got to poop. Exactly. He's got poop. <laughs> um, other than that, like I, I, Secret Wars 2, I think was meh. But Secret Wars, this the first Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars was a lot of fun. And in part, I think because it transported these heroes to somewhere else so mm -hmm. like in the avengers book i was reading mm -hmm. the avengers book at the time like they there was a disturbance at central park or something and they all go and 
they disappear. Mm -hmm. And that happens with the other, with the other heroes too, with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and whoever else. And they all end up in this new planet in space. And they're all like, what is going on here? And then there's some villains as well. And it's, it's a fun way, I think, for, for Marvel to play around with the characters that doesn't necessarily have to match normal continuity. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I would agree with you. You know, I actually really enjoyed Secret Wars too. For me, um, that one, it, you know, if I, re if I remember this correctly, like we saw spider-man gain a level of like prominence and power in secret wars 2 that he you know I, I for me it was kind of the first time you really saw like how intensely strong spider-man mm. actually could be yeah which i enjoyed i i thought was cool and that was i i didn't remember much out of the first secret wars because I, I didn't really read a whole bunch of it but i i bought every issue of secret wars 2 and followed that one and thought, well, this is really cool. They should yeah. do this kind of thing, you know, more often. And I knew of Secret Wars, but uh, so for me, that was kind of my more my launching point into crossovers like that. And then we started to see, I think, the trickle down effect of the success of the book sales from those into multi like issue spanning events that weren't even crossovers, right? So you think about I want to say somewhere not too long after that, we started to see um, like the X-Men's Mutant Massacre. Yeah. Right. Which was multiple comics, had a very like intense moment where Colossus like kind of breaks his gentle giant character and snaps the neck of one of the one of the Reavers in the in the tunnels. Um I'll never forget that one, man. That was just like, that stuck with me to see a character like that, like break to the point and just like reaches out and snaps the neck. Um, and it wasn't, you know, somewhere after that, I think we saw our, like the first really, and it, and it was kind of a weird attempt when you think about the history between these two comic franchises, but the, the Avengers versus like the Justice League crossover, the very first one that ever happened which I think everybody dies for, you know, like as yeah. a fan, you're like, oh, I can't wait to see this. This is going to be so cool. And who yeah. are they going to put up against two and those kinds of things. And then at the end of the day, like every battle is super fast, super rushed, super, you know, just doesn't, doesn't land well. It's cool to see. Yeah. But when you really break it down, you're like, Eh, you could have done it better. <laughs> okay. They could have done that one yeah. better. Yeah. Um, so before we leave Secret Wars, I just want to like I I want to highlight a couple of things that stand out for me from it. And um, one I don't remember exactly the setup, but the Doom Doctor Doom becomes kind of the the big bad. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole wish fulfillment thing going. So like he takes off his mask and he's able to make his face whole again. Yeah. And, uh, and Ben, uh, Ben Grimm, the thing is able to transfer back and forth from being human to, to rock form. Um, and I don't, I don't know what happens when they go back, you know, to back home um, for those two things. Uh, but I remember, but uh, 
there's one panel I remember in particular where the group of heroes were were hiding out from the bad guys for whatever reason and they're they're beaten and hurting and and whatever and um i think doom drops a basically drops a mountain on them and you think they've been crushed and then the next the first panel of the next episode is hulk just like by himself holding up this mountain on his back and just mm. like the i don't know there was something about that that's really like just really hit home for Oh my goodness, Hulk is right next level yeah. strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And then the other big thing that comes out of Secret Wars is it's where Spider-Man gets the black suit, mm-hmm. which eventually become, you know, which seems to be just doing what his, you know, uh, responding to his thoughts. <laughs> and later, of course, becomes the whole symbiote and and venom and and brings us down that road. But yeah, you know, without Secret Wars, we wouldn't have Venom. Right. So yeah. thank you, Secret Wars. <laughs> thank you, Secret Wars, because we love Venom. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, you know, it, it, they really are. I think Secret Wars one and Secret Wars two are kind of the the launching point of crossover in comic books. You know, I can't think of a DC one that predates that. And, and if somebody does, and somebody remembers one, like send it to us. Happy to, yeah. you know, all right, look at that. And um, back in the day, I was reading a lot more marvel than dc yeah i mean i think my well, i think my dc was pretty limited to uh no i read like batman of course you know i think everybody read batman for a little bit um some superman though superman went through weird stuff in the 80s he had a mullet at one DC point yeah. just weird and then um of course green lantern i had an, a mullet in the 80s too so uh, so did i and then uh and uh, of course flash like i was a big green lantern and flash two of my favorites which you know yeah so speaking of green lantern what uh what's 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 the first what's the next event you want to highlight yeah so you know just because it's on the background i i think that uh and this one really launched i feel like launched jeff johns into prominence uh within the dc and comic book universe because of blackest night hmm. you know such uh one it's just such a cool storyline right to see that there are different power rings uh, and across the color spectrum and that each one represents something else and what made it even more interesting you know you had as you can see behind me you know um i can't is it necrotics necrotics yeah. Something like that. I'm, I'm rereading it now and I can't remember exactly his name, but the, you know, the main guy from like the black ring of death, like group that brings dead heroes back to life, starting with, you know, Batman yeah. was a main one, but it was interesting to see in this one where heroes and villains landed on the color spectrum. I thought that was really cool. Right. Like Flash was pulled in like a lot of the heroes were in into the black ring of of death, essentially. Um, But then when that comes off and uh, and the ring starts seeking people out and, you know, people start kind of landing with different colors, he ends up blue, Hmm. which was super cool, you know, and blues like the super spiritual does a lot of good kind of 
um, calms everybody down, which was very appropriate, I felt, for kind of, if you read any of, of Flash's, you know, the, the books on Flash, specifically around Barry Allen, Barry Allen is, is kind of like the heart of, I, I feel like the heart of the Justice League. Okay. Right? Because he's just always focused on good, mm-hmm. you know, helping as many people as he can and focused on good and just being good. Um, <clears throat> makes so sense anyway, his power set, right? That he can, he more than just about anybody other than Superman can help the most people at, in the shortest more. amount of time. Yeah. In the shortest amount of time. And he's always like, you know, it, it, sometimes it draws him into those situations where he feels like he can't stop running. Like if he stops running, he's going to lose and, and people are going to die and he's going to fail everybody. And it's really easy to play on that. So he's very empathetic and that comes through in this, but it was interesting because right before this was final crisis where Batman gets hit by dark seeds. Um, I beams, they call them something specific and I can't think of what they are. Omega beams maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The Omega beams. And he gets hit by those and dies. And this storyline opens with like Barry and Hal at Bruce's grave talking about, you know, losing Bruce and everything Mm -hmm. else, how he's gone. Like he's really gone. And then, you know, we get zombie Batman for a little bit, but really well done. Um, It was a long crossover. Yeah. Uh, When I was looking at it last night, I just out of curiosity was flipping through to see, you know, how many issues did this, like, what was the time frame that this, this went through? And it literally went from like July into July of one year into like the next year. Mm-hmm. It wow. spanned months. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I will admit I have not read much of that i think i've had more interaction with the blackest night characters from the the injustice video game because hmm. they're that's characters. a good game oh, okay. yeah they're characters uh versions of the character that you can get that are the blackest night versions and have different different abilities it's kind of fun actually <laughs> it actually really is yeah that's a really that's a really fun game i've played it on like ipads and stuff before i'm I don't yeah have a... i have yeah we, we have the console version, but the PS4 version, but I'm terrible at it because I'm old. But, <laughs> That's because but, uh, we had joysticks. Right, with one exactly. Button, yeah, one like, button, one joystick, one button. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was good at that. Right, yeah. I, I'm pretty good Nintendo at the, uh, the iPad version. Like, that's... Yeah, of that iPad game. version, same. Yeah. Same thing. Um, well, Dave, you know, we, we've talked about a couple we really like, but there have definitely been some swings and misses, right? For sure. Um What's one that, you know, you kind of, we kind of look at and go, eh, could have been better. Yeah. So this is low hanging fruit, but uh, you can't bring up missed opportunity events and, and bypass talking about civil war, civil war two from Marvel. Yeah. Which obviously Civil War is pretty famous now because they did the movie for it and, you know, the Cap versus Iron Man and registration or not like that. There was pretty much of a a decent um, 
philosophical existential battle there. Like what's really the right thing to do here? Yeah. Yeah. And that. They, go ahead. I was just going to say that story, you know, in the movies was a very truncated version of, right. of what was going on. And in the comics, you know, it was so much more drawn out and it, and it stemmed from, you know, such a tragic loss of life. And, and it, in the movie it did too, but in the, in the comics, it was the young Avengers and they take on, you know, some guys who are a little bit out of their league and, and, you know, one of them ends up blowing up and killing like kids, right. like, you know, destroys a school full of children. And uh, the next thing we see is all the heroes, like picking through the rubble and, yeah. and that's what kicks that off. And it felt really grounded in a very powerful argument right we've got to do something about this this can mm -hmm. yeah these sorts of weapons can't be left unchecked right but then you know there was there was the the other side of that like what happens when you give essentially super weapons in the form of human beings over to government control yeah right let's be real honest here governments don't have a long history of using those kinds of things in the right way and right. not suddenly finding a selfish reason to use them to you know further their own agenda right. and so cap had a very real argument against that and while you know so it was it wasn't a frivolous I don't want to do it because I don't want to sign your paper kind of thing. Right, it was, yeah. uh, we can't give these guys like caps experience alone showed him. If we give the government control over us, they point us and tell us where to go, who to fight, who not to fight. Right. And eventually the Avengers become to cross pollinate here becomes the boys. Right. Yep. Yeah, no, that, and that's a good point, right? They, they become a twisted version of what they stood for. Right, yeah. You know? or, they, or they can't stand for anything anymore because they only are allowed to go when and where they're told. And, and that's, that wasn't okay. But that's Civil War. We're talking about Civil War II. Yeah. Which, again, there's a, you know, there's a real world component to Civil War. There's, you know, there's some more some real world components there about how we handle guns and right. uh, in our country and who's allowed to have them and when and where, and, you know, that's a whole thing, obviously. Um, but well, I don't know if we want to go there, but, you know, unregulated, like it, we end up with Sandy hook and that's not okay, obviously. Um, but in Civil War II, again, they took a, a real world problem, and that is, what do we do with in, with uh, intelligence, with knowledge of somebody who's going to do something to hurt others, right? And how and, do we act on that? You know, what's funny is I literally, as you were talking prior to your prior to that sentence right there, I was like, this was such a lackluster crossover event. I couldn't remember what the impetus was for it until you just now said that. And I was like, oh yeah, it's the inhuman kid yes. who they find out can see the future. Right. And or, once or specifically sees a future. 
right sees a future and you know one side wants to use it to preemptively yep. go after people and then the yep. other side's like no you can't do this and it was tony and carol who fell on different sides of that argument right um and that just tells you the fact that like it was so easy to remember the original civil war impetus and and almost everything that goes along with that story and then the second one you know, I couldn't remember that off the top of my head. And then the only other thing I remember is like Miles Morales played such a big role. And even that didn't seem to pay off right. Yeah. And the other big thing that I remember from it, I think this is from that, you know, it's, it's so nebulous. I, I might be mixing things up, but, uh, Bruce Banner at that point was like trying to not become the Hulk anymore. And he had a whole thing set up where if he starts to Hulk out, he's got Hawkeye set up to kill him, him to kill him. Yeah. yeah to, he gave him put an arrow in his ear and into his brain and kill him before he can Hulk out. Yeah. And doesn't that yeah, happen in, he, that, in that? And he did in that event Yeah, because they go, they go to confront him. Like they get the, they get the, the report from the inhuman kid that Hulk's going to go rampaging. And, and so and they tons all go of people to, are going to die. Yeah. A bunch of people are going to die. So they go to confront him to keep him from rampaging, but going to confront him causes him to begin to Hulk out. And so then Hawkeye takes him out. Right. Well, and that, and then that was kind of the, the part of that story was he didn't see the entirety of the possible future. He saw like an end result but couldn't tell you like what were the steps that led up to it. And the argument that Tony made was how do we know that our actions that we're taking now aren't what causes this yeah. to take place. And Carol's yeah. like, we know what's going to happen. We have to go stop it. And it, it really became one. It's like almost repetitive in a boring way. There's nothing almost about it for me. Okay. Like that's you. what, I, that's what I remember most about reading that series in real time was Every single issue or of that series was Carol saying, we absolutely need to use this technology. And Tony saying, we absolutely can't use this. Right. That's, yeah. that's all that whole, happened. It was just a, ver a version of that over and over and over again, every single time. And I'm just like, what are you, what, what are we doing? Yeah. And that was one of those crossovers that felt like a, like just a cash grab. Yeah. Like, Hey, we know this formula works we see slumping sales in comics. <laughs> Let's make this thing and give ourselves a boost. Yeah. And I'm sure that it worked for a, a moment, but come on guys, like comic book collectors, we're not going to buy comics just for the sake of buying comics. Like if we see, you know, something isn't paying off, we tend to kind of draw back in and sure you may pick yeah. up a, a couple more issues and give it a little bit of a chance, but at some point, everybody's like, I'll ah, just wait for like the trade if I want to read the rest of it or I'll read it on, you know, for me, it was the Marvel Unlimited app. Um, and, you know, I was like, well, it's on the Unlimited app. I'll go ahead and read it. And even then I was like, I'm going to take a break. This is just <laughs> driving me nuts. Right. Like, yeah. just figure it out, guys. Fight each other and get it over with. Yeah. And, you know, there's a long history of it's kind of fun when the heroes fight each other like that often seems to happen. But it just and, and here's an opportunity to make a real statement about in the real world what do we do with in intelligence about impending attacks and right. how do we knowledge yeah you know and 
it just kind of fell flat, I think. John, yeah. how about you? Do you have a do you have another event you want to? Yeah, you know, and about? and we were talking about this one, and this is one of those weird ones that, from a storytelling perspective, is really good. And again, we fall into heroes fighting heroes, right? Um, which seems to happen more and more and more and more now. It's funny when I was in the shop the other day, I heard people talking about. It, it seems like, you know, villains are getting standalone comics, and you know, getting these amazing backstories and in you know good runs and uh like heroes don't actually fight villains anymore that they <laughs> tend to just fight each other which is which i was like yeah that kind of yeah. seems to happen a lot really anymore juice of that, yeah. um but this was one of those that man i think was like a long time coming and then when it landed was super exciting and what killed it for me at times was the art was so off mark and that's the avengers versus x-men um what a great like opportunity to see you know cyclops had finally started to be portrayed as like this this amazing strategist and leader kind of on par like the mutants version of captain america that everybody saw as like the shining beacon of everything the X-Men stood for and, you know, was bringing everybody together. And uh, it saw like the one thing I will say about that series is it saw some pretty gut wrenching things happen, you know, like Cyclops kills Xavier right in, in front of the world and does a massive turn in his trajectory to become, uh, you know, reviled from being held up as this, you know, shining beacon and savior of of mutant kind at a time when you know mutants were kind of struggling to suddenly being on the run and you know hated by everybody but that's after right. you know that's after it happened but um and it was you know the phoenix force obviously is coming back to earth and they realize that it's aiming for hope um you know, and so the Avengers with the aid of Wolverine. Because he was in both, right? At that point. Yeah, because he's, he's in both. He's, he's in both teams. And he's traumatized. You know, he remembers the Phoenix and it traumatizes him because he's the one that had to kill Gene. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's very adamant. Like they got to go and grab hope. Like they got to snatch up hope. And all of a sudden Cap and an entire like... <laughs> uh, helicarrier full of avengers comes knocking on the x-men's door yeah and here again it's kind of the central issue is what do we do about this weapon that's coming to earth Mm -hmm. and it just sort of felt like to me couldn't they talk it out a little bit like if cap and 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 cyclops are both these grand strategists and both are looking out for the the best for their people and for all people in some ways Mm -hmm. Seems like there should have been more of a diplomatic solution. Now that doesn't make for a very interesting event, right. but but and and that's the thing, right? You got to yeah. look at it from the terms of like, sure. do, yeah. do you want diplomatic solution or do you want like, <laughs> here we go, bam, right? Bam, bam. Yeah, um, I think from the the cash grab standpoint of that series, and I and I I was guilty. I bought a bunch of these. There was mm-hmm. sort of a sideline of just flat out fights. It was just yeah. AVX. Here are some fights that theoretically happened on the you know on the outskirts of in the midst of these stories. And uh, we talked about this last week that 
one of those I'm pretty sure was Black Panther versus Storm. And it's part of the yeah, reason that their so. that their marriage mm-hmm. had to break up because they they couldn't reconcile over this this thing. And there were some pretty good battles, but I mean, talk about just simply uh, publishing comics for the sake of of just purely for sales and not so much telling a story. It was literally just, oh, what happens if these two characters fight? Yeah, I I will say so. I'm going to say that the Avengers. I, I feel there's two paths here, right? So you had Avengers versus X Men, which was the storytelling piece. Yeah, that you know was more complex, that was much deeper and much richer, um, but was sometimes very hampered by the artwork, as we've discussed. Like some issues were just beautiful, and some I opened up and went, "What happened?" Yeah, what where did, you know who did who did this one and and why? Um, not saying I could do it better, so I feel like that's like me nitpicking. But I do like art to me; it's important in the story. Right. Um, it's and I'm not it's, saying it's I'm a piece artist. of the medium for goodness sakes. Yeah, I'm not saying like an, I'm an artist and I could do it better. I no, probably but... can't draw stick figures to save my life. But that being said right? It, it is important and it'll take you out of the story, but you had that. So you had the Avengers versus X-Men, which, you know, showed the Phoenix and the Phoenix five and, you know, everything else that was going on there. And then to your point, you had a versus X, oh, which yeah. Yeah. was 100% a cash grab of, Ooh, cause it, I felt like Avengers versus X-Men was selling well. Yeah. And then somebody went, you know what we should do make more money. You know how we do that? This. Fight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ready? Fight. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Um, well, I remember at the time they were even, they were marketed that way. Like, no story, all fighting. Yeah. And you know what it and was? Dummy me, I bought him anyway. <laughs> right? The only thing that was missing at the end of each of those A versus X magazines was uh, the bad guy from the first Mortal Kombat game saying something like fatality or something like that right or finish him <laughs> right. like every now and then pops up and just does that in a panel and you're like yeah okay that seems about right for this issue yeah and it was it was just unfortunate that they went that far you know that they did that instead of just said hey let's put all of our energy and effort into this this story over here the main story um, sure. so for me it was it was very exciting and then a letdown at, at the same time. Yeah. You know. Um, but let's what's a what's one Dave that you can look back on and it's just like, man, it hit all it like checked all the boxes for you. Sure. Yeah. Uh for me, I'm gonna say it's fairly recent, just in the last few years, uh, War of the Realms. Yeah. I now granted, as I've established multiple times in this podcast, I'm a big, big Thor guy. And uh, without all the white supremacy like ways that that's been co-opted, which sucks, um, obviously. But I especially like the the long run that that Jason Aaron had on on that Thor and the way he wove that. It's a one long, long, long story, really. It starts from his run on Thor, and like the Thor book had a couple of different titles, and then he was unworthy, and then we had. Jane Foster Thor and then you know and that led into the the War of the Realms and I just loved how they brought everybody in like literally the entire Marvel world universe like all 10 realms um you know bring in the elves and you bring in the dwarves and you bring in the the fire 
goblin things and right. and all of that and how it you know and and the uh, the angels um you know thor's half sister angela um and it just i loved the little team ups that that ended up happening happening i love the way freya got to be kind of a leader in that um it sort of sidelined odin but then there was just a beautiful uh issue in the midst of that where thor and odin sit down and have a talk and i'm i literally cried in the midst of like this mm-hmm. father-son moment that they had in that book like it was so moving and yeah. um i think the art was terrific it had it had real you know it had real consequences to the characters going forward and they weren't afraid to like do be bold every single freaking valkyrie was wiped out yeah in the midst of it um and we got thor redemption like yeah it was it was a cool storyline and it was it almost got lost to me as i thought it was and, and some kind of continuation or extension of uh remember battle the battle world yes yeah right there were there were some similarities there with like some of that to me and i and i was like is this just an extension of this until you and i were talking about it and you you brought it up and i was like oh so this is different and i remember reading the issue with thor and odin sitting down and talking and thinking and we talked about that issue actually after we had both read it, I think. Um, so. Just the beautiful aspect of like the conversation, the the heart to heart that they were having in that yeah. reconciliation that Odin was trying to make and explain. Like, this is, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I never said these things and I should have. And, it, you know, it, it was, it had heart. Yes. War of Realms had excitement and energy like so many yeah. others do. But then at the end, it had a level of heart to it. Yes. That was very touching. Um, and, and, you know, that underlying like father son current of, you know, that, that I thought made it very good. Yeah. Um, and I thought the art was terrific throughout. Yeah, it was great. At least, at least solid throughout. Like it was, it was consistent. Mm-hmm. I think it was consistent. Yeah, I agree. How about you, John? You got a you got an event that that really just hit a, hit on all cylinders for you? Yeah, I mean, it, and you know what? It's absolutely one of my favorites. I think I've reread this event uh, a bunch of times, and, and that is the siege. Mm. Um, you know, kind of along the Asgard theme, yeah, right? right? Yeah, but we had. Uh, it was on the heels of Secret Invasion and Norman Osborn and the Dark Avengers had taken yeah, over. And I think it was called that era. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Reign, um, which led into the siege. Right. Yeah, so it was right. kind of a long, like drawn yeah, out sure. uh, uh, series. But man, the you know, you got Asgard in Oklahoma, <laughs> like all the Asgardians trying to like survive and the and the people of Rockton, Oklahoma, just kind of like. Eh, you know, they randomly show up in town from time to time, but we've learned, you know, their neighbors and all this jazz, but you had Thor was, uh, you know, walking around in his David, um, I think David Donald Blake. Blake, Donald, Blake. Donald Blake, Donald Blake. Thanks. Uh, I was thinking David Blaine, but that's guy's a magician. That's a different, yeah, totally different, totally different ball game. Yeah. Donald Blake, uh, you know, walking around in his, in his human persona, Donald Blake, you know, and hitting the staff every now and then Tony was, by the time we get to the siege, 
happening, right? Cap had been in hiding for ever. Tony was all messed up and, you know, laid up somewhere. Right. And all of a sudden, like, big surprise, Norman Osborn goes a little... Because yeah. he's been playing with Loki and Loki will drive anybody crazy. Yes. And convinces him that they need a catalyst to, you know, Loki's still trying to grab the throne from like Balder and they send, uh, oh, what's his name? The big guy from Volstag. Volstag. Thank you. Uh, they send Volstag out into the world and he ends up, you know, facing killing off. some people. Yeah a whole lot of people in a stadium right right? Right. like and that happens and so norman osborne and and his crew and the entire initiative attack asgard yeah they Um, use that volstag thing to set up like as a they set him up to kill to kill that whole stadium as the excuse to attack asgard to yeah to attack Asgard. yeah and um you know it's just there's beautiful artwork all throughout for sure yeah like amazing and incredible artwork the storytelling is is so well done we get to see the sentry like unleashed and he just destroys asgard yeah essentially on his own um but there's just some (laughs) there's a moment and, and i believe it's in the siege where like taskmaster is you know leading his team against some people and then gets smacked down and you know there's just some memorable stuff that happens i think my my favorite part of that is you know cap shows up finally yeah like gets up off the couch and shows up and takes on everybody and it's just that epic moment of like the Patriot is with him and he's like, and Cap calls Avengers assemble. And he's like, I can't believe that. Like I'm part of that right now. Yeah, like that excitement, yeah. like totally forgets he's getting ready to launch into a superpower battle. And he's just like a little <laughs> kid all giddy. Cause he's like, I'm part of the Avengers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it just like, it capped off for me, like such a fascinating run of comics, right. Where, Osborne and the Dark Reign, like they they hunted down so many, and you had Carol Danvers who just split, and she was like, "Nope, you guys are nuts." You know, you got to see um, Bullseye as Hawkeye, like take on yeah. that persona, but can't rein in his murderous like <laughs> right side of who he is. Like kills yeah. the Sentry's wife, like pushes her out of a helicopter, and <sighs> convinces him that he's responsible for it. Like just some horrific things that they do during that stretch and it just it was just amazing that was a really good that was a really good event yeah and uh wasn't that guy hood involved somehow he like yeah howard red hood no red hoods red hoods the dc DC, but yeah the hood yeah and he's he's uh kind of a criminal just sort of a street level criminal but got powered up and had a team and he was pretty tough for a while he was part of that but then then there was the uh the thor clone that they had because Thor had dis had disappeared for a while, and somehow they're like, "Well, you know, we need a Thor around," and so they had this clone. And Thor, when Thor found that, like he was less than happy about there being a clone of him around. I don't remember Ragnarok being part of that as much as he was, like Civil War. 
okay. remember him being part maybe of the war. Maybe I'm mixing those together. Yeah, it doesn't but, matter. But man. the uh, Thor brings that all to a close, though, with Sentry, and then like, yeah, you fly. That's when we see Thor like flies up to the sun with Sentry's body and just lets it go, and it float, and he's like literally just hanging out there. Yeah, and that was one of those points that we talked about it a while ago in one of our previous episodes of like the powered, you know, powered yeah. up episode where right. you see some characters get depowered and and then suddenly you have a bunch of power and yeah that was one of those series where he gets taken out by a bunch of like the dark avengers who have been powered up but you're like how did you guys beat thor and then all of a sudden he beats sentry and yeah. puts sentry's body into the sun you're like i am not okay with this <laughs> this is like you guys it's too confusing yeah like well, and then fast forward to War of, War of Realms, and Thor literally bathes in the sun. But that's a that's a whole yeah. other thing. Um, but what's a like? As we're we're coming up on time for this yep. uh, this episode, I think we got time for at least one more. What's one more, Dave? Well, good question. Um, <clears throat> How about how about something a little smaller and a little fun? There was uh, just recently um, a, it wasn't so much a crossover event uh, it was called Heroes Reborn, mm. and it was it would come to, it spun out of the Avengers book yeah. where they had just done the they, the Phoenix Force was back and they had to go through a whole little like battle Which for that me, yeah which that was on the heels of what was the X Men one. Where they like they all had to battle, like they, oh yeah, they got chosen X of for a swords. battle. X of swords, yeah, that so was good. decent. That was good. But then, I like that. that was a good one. And then like ten seconds later, the Avengers are doing exactly the same thing, like getting yeah. chosen for a battle. Like what? What is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> but out of that, spun like Mephisto's messing around with the world, and and, mm-hmm. and Coulson created a, a whole new like pocket universe or something where the Avengers never existed. Right, but Blade remembers. Supreme, yeah, but like, Blade remembers. Blade remembers and goes around and hunts up all the uh-huh. original Avengers and goes yeah. after like Squadron Supreme, right. who's like clearly off their rocker. Yes, more in alignment with like the mentality of the boys from yes. you know to your reference earlier than like right. the Avengers. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was that was in. And it was only like six six issues, so it wasn't long, yeah. and it, it wasn't, wasn't you know a universe spanning thing. But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the dive into the complete GLA knockoff that is the Squadron Supreme. Yeah. Um, I actually, that one kind of felt a little weird for me. I don't know why. It was, it was like, why I, so I can get caught up and self-admittedly, I can get caught up and hung up on like a little point that doesn't make sense to me. And, And my point was, how did Blade end up being the only one that remembered everything? How like how like everybody yeah, else had they ever little... explained it? No, I, they never explained it. So. Like, please, if you're listening out there and you write comic books, it matters. Take time. Explain how that happened because when you don't, I I go crazy. Um, <laughs> we don't want John to go crazy. Don't don't make John go crazy. You wouldn't like me. John when he goes crazy. You wouldn't like me when I'm crazy. Um, so yeah, it, you know, I think that I got hung up on that, and then it yeah. was I, I kind of was like, 
I don't understand anymore. And just, I was like, I'll read it when it comes around, but I wasn't like searching it out. Yeah. Um, How about you? I want to go to, yeah, yeah, I want to go to, because we covered so much Marvel space and, and, you know, there've been some amazing DC ones as well. Um, And I want to talk about like a recent one that we were just talking about the other day that I, I, Oh man, never mind. I'm gonna go back to a different one because now I think about it, it's like it, it, we were just talking about it a little bit earlier in a format, but the injustice storyline. Oh, wow. Um, I I don't think, you know, there's so many, there've been a lot of great DC ones. You've had infinite crisis or crisis on infinite worlds. Um, you know, Flashpoint. Right. Flashpoint. I think there's, um, you know, some of the more recent ones like the the DC versus vampires, which is, you know, pretty fun. Yeah. Um, pretty good. Deceased, which was an interesting take on like, to me that it was the DC answer to Marvel zombies. Yeah. Still really good. Um, but injustice, injustice was such a intense storyline. Now there are moments in that, in that series where the art misses for me like it pretty big swing and a miss but it's one of those that from a storytelling standpoint was so strong that it was compelling enough to just keep going i mean the idea of the joker just deciding i got tired of you know always losing so i wanted to see what it was like when i win so i picked an easier target and he decided superman was the easier target and it yeah and out of crazy to think about (laughs) right which is crazy to think about but i mean the way they explained it it totally made sense yeah um but when you think about all of the heroes versus heroes Mm -hmm. right i think you can't talk about it without bringing up that that line because it it ran for a really long time it's you know become its own universe right yeah let's say it kind of it now we're we're kind of going out of the realm of an event to yeah its own it became its own thing i don't know if that was always the plan or just did so well that yeah here's year two and three and four and five but Mm -hmm. but yeah it was it was very interesting for quite a while i have eventually kind of ran out of steam on that one um it it goes into the first couple of the first like two years of it i thought were really really strong yeah, it, it goes into some weird places. I will admit, like when it did the Injustice He-Man crossover, <laughs> I was like, eh. I don't think I lasted that long. I think I read I think that I one. Kinda, yeah, out I think of I was pure... bowed out at the Injustice versus like the Greek gods part. Oh yeah, that was interesting. I read that one. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely, I think that that's the difference obviously between the, the two is that, uh, if we're looking at it against like civil war, right. Cause yeah. it was kind of a, a defining heroes versus heroes storyline in DC, yeah. just like civil war was clearly a heroes versus heroes, like defining moment. Right. Um, and I, and I think that in terms of, of that aspect, it eventually left being a crossover like interesting alternate universe event into a much longer like story in and of itself now the i think that's where the 
Snyderverse was trying to go eventually. Yeah. Like you really get that For feeling. Sure. Yes. Um, especially from like the nightmare sequences. Yes. Right. Which would have been cool to see. I mean, it, it would have been interesting. I would have loved to see that on screen and see how they dealt with that. They did an animated movie version. Did you watch that? I have not. You're not really missing anything. That's, that's they, what I've heard. Yeah. They made so many changes. Hmm. So many changes. Okay. Um, that it just kind of you know missed. Yeah. And then um, yeah. So injustice, but you know, DC has had its share of like some pretty amazing stuff, like Flashpoint. Right. You know. Yeah, for sure. Flashpoint. It, it's so good. It, that one's getting a movie, which is going to bring us apparently like multiple versions of Batman. Yeah. I hope. I hope for the sake of fans of that storyline because flashpoint was epic mm-hmm. my hope is is that they don't shy away from the aquaman wonder woman mm, like battle. yeah big you know big yeah. battle aspect especially with like you know you get she kills shazam yeah as a kid makes him say the word and then kills him yep that's like one of those you just like what what just happened yeah but spoiler alert by the way <laughs> yeah spoiler alert yeah. in terms of the comics we don't know what will happen in the movie right no not at all yeah they could very well do something completely different yeah but that was a great one i mean there's there's a lot of really good ones and then you've got the ones that you're just you know that clearly are cash grabs and you know like civil war ii uh the avx yeah like spinoff from avengers versus x-men so i'm sure there are plenty others so uh obviously we can only hit a few what uh those of you listening what what did you like what events have drawn you in what which ones are you you know not such a big fan of um what do you want to see brought to this big screen yeah good question good question right i i would i would like i mean they're gonna do secret invasion yep that was a big one. That was a great one. Um, such a good, like, good storyline there that obviously led into Dark Avengers and a whole bunch of others. So, yep. you know, what would you like to see on on the big screen? There's some great stories that could still be done on the big screen. Um, yeah. So let us know. Awesome, everybody. Thanks for uh, being along for another fun ride here. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did because we always have a good time doing this. Yeah. Um, Check us out on all the socials and uh, and be in touch. Yeah. All right, friends. Well, until next time, true believers. Bye, bye guys. <laughs> <laughs>